You are listening to Vintage House on WNUR. Welcome to the Vintage House Show at Home, Spring 2020 edition. Tonight's hosts are DJ Lori Branch, Kevin Mega McFall, and Lauren Lowry, interviewing the Chosen Few's own Tony Hatchett. Enjoy the show. I'm glad because you have gifted us with um, your timing of being here on the Vintage House Show. Well, thank and you for having me. We Thanks. appreciate you um, allocating that time, sir. No problem. Glad for ha- glad to be a part of the show. And uh, this appearance comes on the heels of a couple of months away from celebrating the 30th anniversary of the Chosen Few Picnic and Festival. Um, but how many years has it been for Tony Hatchett as a DJ? Wow. You would have asked me that, Kevin. <laughs> we talked Well, out there where people can actually hear me has been over about 45 years, okay? Uh, this man is at home doing little odds and ends stuff, uh, probably since I was eight years old. <laughs> wow. That's quite a legacy, sir. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, music was always in our family. Uh, it was just something part of growing up. Uh, between the stuff that my mom and dad used to listen to, we kind of had no choice but to get into this stuff, you know. But no one ever thought we would take it as far as we've actually taken it. And so tell us about mom and dad and their involvement in music and how they inspired you. Well, growing up, of course, Saturday mornings, you know, while we were doing our chores around the house, there was always music being played. And from things that we knew about that was in our, you know, generation of music at the time being kids to the music that the adults would listen to. And it's strange enough, some of the things that they were listening to were actually still playing today. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's true. It's <laughs> but it's scary, but it also speaks to what some would challenge is, you know, the quality of that music, uh, timeless. Exactly. I mean, unbelievable stuff. i never forget the first time I heard, actually out at a party, heard a record that my mom and dad was used to play that a lot of people never even knew what it was about. But all of a sudden, it's worldwide being played now. We used to have albums, of course, I'm taking myself back now when we talk about albums, okay? <laughs> not now, that could be very current too, though, you know, these days. Yeah, for well, now, we want to, but it's nothing like that. You know, that was just what we grew up on. But there was an album that, the one that stands out, Booker T and the MGs. Yep. That album was played in my house, an entire album was played in my house. Of course, there were two songs that, one of them to this day, you will find every DJ that can play old school music, you'll find all of them. This record is in their collection. Melting okay. Pot, it was just a song that we thought was just something our family would listen to. i never forget the first time I actually heard it, I heard a DJ actually playing it. And I'm thinking to myself, that's somebody that knows some good music. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> yeah. And, and so to that point, 
in the background, hopefully everyone is vibing to uh, a mix that's our music bed for tonight's show. It is a sneak peek exclusive here on the Bennett House Show of Tony's 30th anniversary mix for the Chosen Few Festival. Tell us a little bit about So, 30 years, okay? And a lot of people don't realize, back in the day, we used to record all of this stuff, okay? Well, how do you record this? You only get 90 minutes on a cassette. Okay, well, we figured out a little easier way. We used to actually bring a VHS digital video recorder, okay? If you set that on the slowest speed, you actually get the best quality and you can record for six hours. So back in the day, we would always come on. We would start when everyone got there and we needed a way to be able to record all of this, to capture all of this and have good sound. This digital VCA, uh, VHS recorder would actually do the trick. We would go through two to three different VHS cassettes at a time. Once we got the music stored, then we would transfer it to CDs. I mean, to cassettes at the time. CDs became later, but at the time it was transferred to cassettes. And I still have a lot of this. Out of the 30 years, I probably have at least 24 to 25 years of music. Actually, it's, it's really timely that we have you here, um, you know, with the very sad news that you are not going to be live, that we're not all going to be together in the park. And for certainly, you know, very serious reasons, how, how difficult was it for you all to come to that conclusion? Well, of course, you know, something that's been constantly going on for years and years and years with no incidents, the last thing you want to do is cancel it for any reason. Taking in consideration, hey, Lori, how are you? Hey, Tony. I was waiting to get in there. I was like, I'm you sorry. guys are on a roll, so I didn't want to interrupt you. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. No problem. Thank you for having me. I had some technical difficulties, but I'm here with my hat. I love that hat. I love that hat. We need you, Lori, because I think you know, I got it off. after. Can I, well, you know, I'm trying to make sure we're live. Are we, uh, are we, because I see it sort of on Facebook, but uh, I, I think don't we see might this. be, we might be frozen on Facebook, but yeah, I, think I think they may are. be able to still <clears throat> hear us. Broken. We're still sort of recording live the the, the okay. audio, so we, we should keep going. Oh, I mean, Kevin so will jump us back going. on. So he might be having, uh, he had a, a little issue with his uh, service, the internet service. So, but go ahead. So you all, you know, you you all thoughtfully made this decision. Yeah, we. I mean, after taking all the consideration, the last thing we need is to endanger anyone's lives or cause any more harm than what some families are already mm -hmm. going through. You know, of course, it was a tough decision, but we all know, and our fans and people that have supported us, they all know it was the right decision. Exactly. Definitely. Yeah. I would have to agree with you. I know there's a, there's a lot of disappointment to go around. Yeah. But you know, we'll have time to be together and Lord, we'll have time to do it safely. Exactly. And so having, having, having to plan something like this in the shadows of like a pandemic. Yeah. That, that can't be any fun for the organizers. No, it wasn't. And you I know? mean, we all know that we need something like this yeah. now, but if it's not the right time, it's not the right okay. time. Okay, like you say, we'll have time to do this. But in order to have the time, we gotta stay safe now. Mm -hmm. if we stay safe now, guess what? We'll have that time and many more years to do this stuff. 
Yes, absolutely. It was, again, it was the right thing, but we're trying to make it as, as least amount of sadness as we possibly can with what we're trying to do with our virtual show. Okay. Uh, a lot of people think you guys can do, do the right thing. And you've, you've built up such, such an amazing fan base that people are going to follow you. Yeah. So if you're doing it, you know, virtually you're going to have people tuned in all day long. It's going to be a different way that we come together. That's and right. uh, I, I look forward to whatever it is. We'll yeah. make a whole weekend of it. Right. <laughs> You know, that wouldn't be a bad idea. <laughs> right now, right now it's scheduled for at least eight hours. Yes. At least eight hours. Uh, we're still working out some of the kinks, but uh, we're going to try to do it eight hours. We want to have people all in the same location. But here's mm -hmm. the thing that we really want, okay? In order to really make this right and pull it off the, the right way, we want everyone that's tuning in to be in the backyards, patios on the deck, right. barbecuing, right. just like you would if you were at the park with us. We're outside. Exactly. We want yeah, you to so be get outside your family, get your grill. Exactly, exactly. And we all will be together. It's just going to be yeah. silent. That's it. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully by that time, we can have some mini parties going on. So, you yeah. know, people are gathered in their backyard. Maybe it's them and a couple of friends. Right. You know, I mean, because by but by July, you know, fingers crossed, we're going to all be in a, a better space. We'll know what we're dealing we with. Sure hope so. That's for sure. Definitely. You know, now you're in L.A., right? I'm in uh, Houston. You're in Houston. Why did I think you were in L.A.? I'm in Houston. I, I got you confused. Uh, Jesse, Jesse, Jesse's in L.A. in L.A. He's, he's in Vegas now, too. Everyone's abandoned yeah. L.A. I thought Wayne was in L.A. There are a lot of people in L.A., LA I thought. Nobody's in L.A. anymore. Y'all scared that it's going to fall in? You've never been there, though. No, I never lived there. I've been there, okay. but I never lived there. Gotcha. That was okay. always my thing. I've actually experienced the earthquake there. I didn't know it. Oh, wow. You really? In L.A.? In L.A. I was, uh, some good, when I was growing up, uh, one of the, my neighbors, actually, he's one of the Big Ten referees. And for the Rose Bowl game, me, my mom, my aunt, we were going to be in California at the time visiting my other aunt that lived there. And okay. he was actually chosen to do the Rose Bowl game, Michigan against USC. Mm. <laughs> so uh -huh. He got me and my mom, I got my family uh, tickets to the game. So we all went to wow. the game. While we were in the, in the stadium, Rose Bowl Stadium, 108,000 people was the attendance. And the stadium wow. was just rocking, period. We leave and everybody's saying, y'all didn't know about the earthquake. <laughs> what earthquake? <laughs> we wow. didn't know anything. I went, actually, we were driving back from uh, from the game to my aunt's house and we actually saw lights hanging. There was evidence of it. I had no clue. Now, wow. kind of, if you're going to be in an earthquake, that's the one you want to be in. Where okay. the stage is already rocking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's what we thought. It was Jeez. just 108,000 people, you know, having fun at a stadium. Wow. That was my now, I lived in LA for a while and, and thankfully I never experienced an earthquake while I was there. Right. But I said the first one I experienced, I'm out. Right. <laughs> I first and I didn't I didn't, didn't happen. And I work in San Francisco, so I'm there a lot too. Uh -huh. And thank yeah. goodness I, I seem to go land like right after it happened That's or something like that. I'm like <laughs> You got perfect timing, Lord. Oh, yeah. Knock on wood, it stays that way because I still work in San Francisco. Exactly. Me and Wayne. So you're in Houston, though. So what's what's going on in Houston? What's what's the house music scene in Houston like? Trying to grow. When I first arrived here, there really wasn't a house scene. Yeah. 
But as you, the more and more people that have migrated here from different areas of the of the states where they listen to house music, you got Detroit, you got, when I got here, Detroit, mm -hmm. Chicago were neck and neck as far as people migrating down. Uh, really? We got quite a few people from New York down here that live here now. Okay. So it's growing. Uh, I have to say when I first arrived, it was, it was very low, but I, you know, we're dealing with the people that have come down and some of the people that have actually from here there's a nice little small gathering of house people here that have been trying to grow this thing for years i'm mm -hmm. talking over 10 to 15 years they've been trying to do this stuff and the fact that the chicago people have come down and kind of hey that's their scene it's kind of taken off a little bit more and more and it's it's a lot better than it was um they actually go to timber uh, tambor uh, really the cruise okay. they go to miami yeah so it's venturing out these are people that are from here they're getting they, they're making their way around the states going to these areas uh mikasa quite a few of them go there uh-huh yeah it's it's growing and you know i we brought in a couple of people down here that they heard of before not just necessarily chicago house music you got a lot of detroit house music uh, djs that come down That's tony great. humphries has been down there several times louis has been down yeah, now that's fantastic growing. yeah it's definitely growing to a point where people are starting to hey houston scene is great bottom line though you still you know is they still have that mentality whereas they want the groups uh, they want the djs mm -hmm. but they want them at a you know bargain, bargain basement yeah you know we got to get <laughs> them out of that mindset you can't ask for top-notch djs but you want to pay them walmart price okay yeah. it's not gonna work Thanks, Only um, in Chicago does that work, right? Right. <laughs> it don't really work the, well there, okay? Now no, the it doesn't. Started, the whole Vintage House crew is here. There I'm back. <laughs> oh, well, that, means, that means we're back, Talking actually, about then. Technical difficulties. <laughs> okay. Swapped out laptop devices, retooled the internet. You made it work. Wi-Fi. Thanks, Lori. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, Tony, for you got keeping it. the conversation going. Oh, yeah. Well, we have tons to talk about, I'm sure. Uh, that we do. I know so, Kevin's going to do the interview. I'm, the, I'm part of the peanut crew here today. But I will, stay, I will say that my very first uh, party at the loft, which was yeah. when I discovered that young people was like doing what I was experiencing at the warehouse. Yeah. I was like, these are people my age. I can deal with this. So <laughs> it was a Tony Hatchet DJ session when I walked in that door. Yes. My very first party. Well, thank you. It thank sure you. was. And look what I started. Look where you are today. <laughs> That's right. I can't, got bit. We can't bit keep you down. He takes you all the credit. It. He takes I all have the credit. Say, you have taken it and went sky's the limit. With you. <laughs> Definitely. Y'all yes. started. We, we yeah, appreciate it. Hey, we had to get it from somewhere. Somebody started with us, too, and we just passed it along. That's all. Got it. And we got to spend a little bit of time talking about that start, that origin that Tony had with uh, his parents playing the music around the house that all of uh, the household listened to, enjoyed, and found themselves listening to mm -hmm. decades later, right? Yeah. Spinning mm -hmm. decades later. Unbelievable. And Unbelievable. that, but what we didn't get into, Tony, was the mixing piece. So you obviously had a love and appreciation for music, yes. but 
talk about how you learn to to mix and spin and and put the equipment together and so how did that all come together funny story okay of course we all pretty much grew anybody that thought they could produce music with a cassette deck and a pause button were masters <laughs> at it, okay? That's right, that's right. <laughs> you couldn't tell us, we weren't doing no producing. Couldn't tell y'all not. You, well, you weren't <laughs> doing producing. That's all production is, that's right? That's what it was. That's where that's you exactly use the tools that you have to work with, right? And Call we work. Talking, we mastered what we could, so. Right. That was this kind of the kick or start of it. Didn't realize that people were, that I, you know, no way did I think I was the only one doing this stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure there were other people mm -hmm. doing that. Growing up, I happened to be, you know, every neighborhood that we were going, I mean, that I grew up in, every neighborhood, every area, going through high school and everything, you had the dance club. Dance club right. was very big. Okay. My neighborhood wasn't no different. Okay. We had our little sections of dance groups all around. And I was in one of the dance groups called The Most Wanted. The Most Wanted. <laughs> thought, thought I was a dancer. And groups like the secretaries, the doctors, uh, men in high rank, the coteries, all these different groups all around would give the parties. We would all go and support their parties. Yeah. One thing that stood out to me like a sort of there was the same group of people DJing these parties. Okay, who were they? <laughs> Our founder, Wayne Williams, huh? <laughs> and Jesse Saunders. Okay. okay. No, I, I, every party I went to, these two were DJing. They had a lock on the market. Huh? Had, <laughs> that, <laughs> Wayne knew everybody, first of all, and he knew the music that they were yeah. dancing to and they wanted to listen to. So a party, this a group by the name of the Detectives. Oh, yeah. Okay, Paul, who is his? Uh, I think Paul King was one of them. It was several of the guys that you all, I'm pretty sure, know. They gave a party at one of the Catholic schools in my neighborhood, St. Albans. That's my place. <laughs> yeah. And I went to this party. And I'm watching this DJ string these songs along mm -hmm. without any breaks. And I'm trying, how the hell is he doing this? Mm -hmm. I'm up there and I'm watching. They noticed me watching. <laughs> I just forgot all about dancing at the time because right. our group was supposed to have been dancing. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there and I'm watching this, slide this mixer over and to these two turntables and all that. I'm like, man, that's what equipment is. Okay, mm -hmm. that that eliminates the pause button. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm watching this, and after all of that, I went up and I just started talking to these guys. Right. And as I'm talking to them, I see, hey man, and I even brought it to their attention. You guys, where are you getting these records? First of all, mm -hmm. you know these records are not played on the radio. Where are you getting these records from? Everything. And that was Wayne. Well, you have to be out. You have to know where to go, record stores. And you have, it came from somewhere. So as I'm picking his brain, I see them at the next party. And they just kept seeing me. Okay? Right. I, was, I was kind of like a leech. They weren't getting rid of me because I was fascinated by what was going on with this. What, what okay? years were this? What, what years were you 
trolling. This Wayne was Jesse. this trolling. Was... <laughs> <laughs> what years were no. you trolling? <laughs> Believe it or not, nineteen eight. This started in high school. Graduating high school in eighty. This was like seventy seven. What high school? Shout out your high school, you know, Chicago thing. Went to Simeon for two years, then went to Bowen. Simeon and Bowen. Yeah, yeah. Both schools, okay. again, we don't yeah. hear a lot about them. So that's interesting. As we are, as I, in, in the Wolverines. Simeon right. Wolverines, that's right. Yep. As I was doing all this and kept following them and kept seeing them all around and everything, I, one thing led to another where I got an opportunity just like they mm-hmm. did. They got an opportunity. I didn't realize, I, I mean, back in the, that particular time, you think that he was just born with this gift. Oh, Wayne, mm-hmm. just none of them. They weren't born with this. They had to inherit it. They practiced, they would right. go through. Absolutely. They had to do their work. That's one thing that I found, uh, that I learned quickly about Wayne for sure. He's out there. And mm-hmm. if you don't get out there, you know, you're gonna miss out on the bus. You had to be out there. So he would drag us, me and Jesse, and we were reluctant to go because at the time, you know, we had other interests. We wanted to do other things. But he would drag us along, and at the end, we would always say, okay, man, we are, we glad you did this. Okay. <laughs> it worked out because if we didn't go, we wouldn't have gotten these songs and gotten this, to hear these records and gotten to hear these DJs and stuff like that. So as we're doing all of this, my first can't remember the first party that he actually let me get on the tables to do but as i got on i'd had i didn't have the actual 1200s at the time i think we had some b12s yeah, some gemini's or techniques yeah. whatever okay. we were using back but then we right. found out that the most important part of it was you had to have pitch control mm-hmm. okay. yeah. <laughs> right. the hard way or the easy way <laughs> exactly mm-hmm. exactly so once we did that and we figured all that out, okay, now I know how to slow this, slow that. Jesse actually got me into, Wayne was the, the one that actually had me in awe of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Jesse actually had me into the having to learn how to read the music, how to learn how to listen to the music. Sure. I mean, read before. the grooves, right? Mm-hmm. Looking exactly. at the grooves on the record. How to get to a verse, how to know how many beats in a verse, how mm-hmm. to recognize a beat, stuff Four like that. And eight count. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So once I figured all of that, okay, now it just enhanced what I was doing. I had to learn mm-hmm. a whole nother way. Remember, there's no pause buttons on this stuff. So <laughs> no. I had to learn a whole nother way. And then that kind of enhanced, okay, well, it's not as hard if you have the right equipment. And the right skills. Not right everybody skills. could do it. You have the right skills. You have to, but you have, you're going to get that by looking to see what people are doing, asking questions, stuff like that. I Tony, had no Tony, problem. you have to, I have to ask you this though. Because that it was not easy to learn back then. I mean, not everybody could do it. This is why you didn't have that many DJs. Yeah. You know, you couldn't just buy equipment and like be a DJ. And be like, right not like it is today. This is this is a great point because um, yeah. you know, we talk about and have skimmed over a lot in the vintage house discussions about the evolution of being an analog DJ and moving to being a digital DJ. That's a transition. It's a major. It's huge. It and is. and well, 
a lot of people transition easier going that way than it would be coming back the other way because exactly i tried it i have a couple of friends that are trying to get into it now and Mm -hmm. i try to tell them huh going which way going to wax forward i suggest to them go back okay learn on this stuff then the new stuff becomes a whole lot easier Absolutely. I don't knock the DJs that are taking advantage of today's technology. I would never do that. But to start where I was, one thing that came that comes to mind when it comes to the beginning, the start, okay? I remember the first day Farley was getting into DJ, okay? Farley used to ask every last one of us, give me 10 minutes on the table, give me five, give me all this, before mm-hmm. he became the Funkin' Master, the Jack Master, and all that, okay? Farley used to ask to carry records for us, okay? Mm-hmm. And one thing that stood out when it came to Farley, I knew he was going to be a success. We would go out after DJing three and four high school parties coming in, 12, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, putting equipment away and everything. Farley would actually lock himself in Jesse's basement and practice six, seven, eight in the morning before he would come up. And you have to admire that dedication. Mm -hmm. So I had no doubt thinking, knowing that he's going to be stuck. He's going to be good. He's good. And that's what he did. He kept practicing and kept practicing. You have to invest in yourself when it comes to this. And I, you know, a lot of DJs nowadays, they think they want, they want things handed to them. I hear a lot of discussions on Facebook, you name it, and uh, Instagram, whereas DJs think that they've been singled out or don't not given the opportunity to showcase talent, showcase mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's something we didn't ever have to worry about back then. We didn't look for somebody to hand us stuff, to give us stuff. We created this stuff on our own, okay? And this is what I don't understand about today's, you know, up and coming DJs and some already established DJs. Some of them are wondering, you know, why won't somebody else give me this break or give me that stuff like that? We didn't ask for anybody to give us anything. All of these things that we did, we created 90% of it. We did ourselves now. So why do you think that is though, Tony? I mean, why? Well, back then. What was different about back then than now? Remember when I said that I would go to all of these parties? There were two people that I saw doing this. Right. At all the parties. Whereas now, the parties are a whole lot more. I'm talking a hundred times more parties than there were back then. And probably 2,000 times more DJs trying jockeying for these parties. Okay. It's, it gets so competitive right now because there's so many people that was doing it. Well, I think I've met, I remember two other DJs on the South Side that were doing things. Byron, later mm-hmm. on I met Mike, Mike Izabuko. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of them that weren't doing what we were doing. Now, mm-hmm. when it came to mixing, as far as the parties, there was one person on the South Side of Chicago that had the parties locked up, no doubt. Kirk Thompson. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Kirk would hire us right. because he had so many parties. He would hire us go set up equipment at a party, drop us off there, and he's off going to do three, four of it, all in the same night. Did you ever do the Mendo bi-level discos? Oh, yeah, yep. uh, many a time. Uh, many a time. Those are part Aquinas, Unity, Long, all of these you, schools that were locked up know. through myself, through Kirk, through Wayne, yep. through Jesse, and all. Kirk would set up the equipment, bam, 
It's been many a days I had to wait on Kirk because he was picking up other equipment. My party was <laughs> over last, so I got to wait. Okay, but many a days. That's that's how it was back in the day. And well, you complain. We never said anything about it. We knew we would rather have had that scenario being busy than to not have anything. Certainly, and you know, Kirk's a um, friend of Vintage House. He's hosted uh, the show many times. Yeah. I'm sure he's probably tuned in tonight. But I want to go back to a point you were making with regard to opportunities, yeah. right? In today's era of um, pandemic quarantine, we see the emergence of those who probably were seeking those opportunities, seizing the opportunity by going online with these sets, you know, four hour, five hour sets and trying to amass audience. Mm -hmm. And there's certainly a, a number of opportunities to help elevate those uh, particular DJs. Mm -hmm. I'm curious about mm -hmm. what you think about uh, for yourself, right? In terms of leveraging social media, I mean, obviously, you build a career and have an audience and, and following, but um, I don't see you a lot on social media. <laughs> I'm still raising a kid, okay? okay. <laughs> I, okay. I, I set my priorities, let's just say that, Kev. Um, yeah. A lot of times before I uh, have the uh, job that I'm doing now, the job that I used to have would take me away from home for six, for three to six months at a time. Okay. So in doing that, it was very hard to try to maintain your mm -hmm. DJing skills. I, but I didn't stop. I never stopped listening to the music or absorbing the music. I mm -hmm. remember one time um, I actually still under contract with uh, FEMA. So I'm on the disaster response team. Okay. I was actually in St. Croix for the, the uh, hurricanes they had there a couple of years ago. I'm actually calling Terry Hunter because I got an idea for a song that I want to try <laughs> while on the road. Okay. Nice. Never, that part never leaks. Nice. Yeah. As far as take the social media portion of it, actually I was, I went on, I did a live set about two weeks ago. I think okay. And I was going to do another one last week, but at the time Andre and Keith wanted to do one. So yep. other than class with everybody, and that's one thing too. I mean, I could come on, anybody could come on and just go and do whatever. But my main purpose for doing it was because maybe somebody wasn't doing anything at the time and there's people wanting to listen to music. So, okay, I will come on. But if there's someone that's already going on and doing it, back in my time, I would like to listen to what somebody else is doing, mm -hmm. see what somebody else is doing. Well, if nobody else is doing anything, then yeah, I will take the advantage of coming on and doing anything. Now, like you said, you have everybody trying to take advantage of it. And that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing at all. Okay? The people that are at home listening, they just want to hear some music. That's okay? right. That's right. <laughs> they just want to feel that energy again. You know? Absolutely. And the bottom and line, as long as someone is doing it, I'm a fan of many a DJ. Yeah. Okay. Some of them know. Some of them I haven't had the opportunity to tell that to. But I'm a fan of many DJs. I love going into places and hearing music, hearing DJs play things. I have no problem going up and asking, "Hey, I don't have that. Who is that?" Okay. Mm -hmm. That's the only way you get it. That's how you get it. You know. What about those dancing skills you talked about? <laughs> it was short lived, Kev. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm happy to hear that you're a DJ. I didn't, who dancing. knew the hatchets were dancers? Was Andre a dancer too? No. no. <laughs> he was a dancer, but he was he didn't do it in a group. He didn't okay. do the group I dancing. decided to get in a group. Okay. Costumes, because I remember some of the groups had Oh, the big apple hats? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> what? Go back. <laughs> well, um, I had the blue apple hat. The, I can't remember the pants, but we had the blue shirt too. A oh, powder wow. blue shirt. And we out there doing our moves. <laughs> what were okay. you, you named a few of um, those vintage venues, if I may call them that as well. Can I uh, go down uh, and put you a bit on the spot and ask you about what some of your favorite venues were? from both perspectives, right? Dancing as well as um, spinning. Well, the dancing was short-lived, like I say. It was maybe two parties that I was Oh, okay, really? Okay. That was very <laughs> short, Kev, okay? As far as the the venues DJing, yeah. uh, man, back in those times, of course, the loft, okay? Those were always great spots. But before that, you know, I enjoyed going, my first experience going to the warehouse. Yeah. Okay, I enjoy going and listening to this heart pumping music. Okay, I sometimes the song was great, sometimes I didn't like the song, but mm -hmm. no matter what, that sound system just felt you just went, I mean, just went through your whole body. Mm -hmm. okay? Um, I remember hearing certain DJs, I would go to the north side, you know, a lot of south side DJs, we didn't venture too much on the north side. But then when we, as we got older, you know, Northside wanted to hire Southside DJ. So Germanian Club was one of the big clubs we used to DJ where, at up where there. Where was that? Uh, the Germanian Club? Yeah. Do you remember? Around the time? Uh, Neighborhood-ish. Neighborhood. Germanian Club is off of Clark, uh, Diversity Clark, where it kind of splits. Yeah. Over okay. in that area. Yeah. Right there. It was a theater. All right, and I think what they did was just rent out a room. Yeah, but I think I remember actually that. go up some stairs, and I think one of the rooms that they rented out was what they had for a party. It was a huge building. Right. I mean, a huge building. But that's how they partied on the north side. It was a, they always had a lot of people to come to the north side. You know, I don't remember a lot of the younger DJs on the north side. We certainly hung out in a lot of the clubs. Right. I can name a dozen clubs that we were there because we were following like Frankie Knuckles and exactly. you know, some, some of those other DJs uh, yeah. who like uh, you know, uh, uh, Craig Cannon, you know, Craig sort of that, that yeah. era. Yeah. Um, but, but like our crew, I just don't remember. I remember it being a sort of uniquely South Loop south and South Side That's kind it. of thing, like the younger so, DJs. The Tree of Life. Yes. Uh, the Blue Gargoyle. Blue, yep, yep, yep. Absolutely. Uh, before, let's see, High Pod Ball Club, that came a mm -hmm. little later. But before mm -hmm. that, like out, the, punk out, punk out. Punk out. <laughs> First impressions, of course, the law, yeah, you know, yeah, playground, yeah. all of that came a little later. Uh, but we, like Lori said, we were all over. I mean, from 10th and Michigan all the way to then 103rd and Jeffrey, you know, we were partying. We went to wherever the nice mm -hmm. party, wherever the clubs were. Can, can you talk though a little bit about the uh, backyard parties because that was a phenomenon as well. I remember awesome. you're probably in a Jeffrey Manor or Peel yep. Hill party. Yep, uh, <laughs> we used to do a few of those. 
uh, one, uh, the Pill Hill parties were awesome. Those were great. We used to do the a bunch yeah. of those. As we got older and we actually were able to talk our parents into letting us have a party. Right. Little did they know what they were in for. Well, there's about, yeah, yeah, I threw one of those and got into a lot of trouble. <laughs> I said, it's just going to be a few people, like, you know, 15 people or so. Oh. And my parents left. They went out. They're like, all right, we'll go have dinner and we'll come back around 9.30. There was 150 people. Wait, Lori, you told them 15? I, I didn't think it was, it was, I felt like the dude on the west side. I was like, look, I, I wasn't planning for all that to happen, but it happened. Was. What had happened was right. cars all down the street, garbage everywhere. Somebody I was in hurt. so much trouble. Somebody heard, hey, let's this party over here. Let's just check that out. Before you know exactly. it, they done told 20 people. Exactly. Them 20 people yeah. told 20 right. people. That's right. And That's now you I got a party. And, and you know where I'm going with this. Where? You're freezing. He I can't does. see you. I'm going to Okay, there you go. You're back. Behind huh? the museum. Right? Okay. You know where I'm going with this. The behind the museum events. <laughs> well, the picnic. 30 years okay. ago. So let me tell you how this went. I don't know how many people know this story. The picnic, my family always would meet on the side of the museum every 4th of July. Okay. This particular year, 30 years ago, we're trying to figure out, man, what, what are we going to do for the 4th? I'm, this is how it all came about. 1990. What, what are we going to do for the 4th? And I don't know. Well... Y'all want, we can just go grab some stuff and maybe head to the picnic, I mean, head to the museum, hang out. The weather was great. Mm-hmm. Okay. That came, all of that came about in about an hour. After we decided what we were gonna do, then, well, man, it might be nice. Maybe we should bring the system. Well, who are we gonna get? A couple of phone calls. Hey, what you doing it for? This is on the same day now. What you doing? <laughs> and I ain't got right. nothing though. What's up? And we think about going on the side of the museum. You want to try to get a system, stuff like that? No permit, I'm sure. No, oh, come on, Lori. You know better. <laughs> <laughs> you know better than that. Permit. Oh, Again, our district may be, may be tuned in now. <laughs> it, it was only supposed to be 15 uh, Okay, people, well, let's right? go ahead so and you yeah, I'll permit. meet you on the side here. I'll get a, we got to have some gas though. All right, so got to have some gas money, getting generated. Literally, in mm-hmm. two and a half, three hours after talking about it, yes, it was fifty people with us. Yeah, that's how it happened. Fifty right? people. Who brought the system? Okay, I'm sorry. Who brought the system? Uh, was it uh, Greg Gray? So Greg, yeah. Greg Gray, who was our he opens for us every year because yep. he was a part of how this stuff started. Right. Now, right. another friend of Vintage Child well, Show. Yeah, yeah. He, he brought the system. system. We all pitched in for the generator, gas, and back in those days, <laughs> the only time the music stopped is because we ran out of gas. Right. Well, we didn't run out. The generator ran out. Now we got to fill it back up. Right. But those okay. people stayed there. They waited. So we got, like I say, about 50 people, and we just enjoying, having fun. We playing mm-hmm. baseball, our piggy. Um, the kids were all running around. Piggy? Piggy. Piggy oh, one, piggy back. two. <laughs> Everybody just having fun. The next year, after we left that, that particular year, the next year, uh, well, with the time that we left it, we never thought about that ever again. It may have mm-hmm. gotten talked about a couple of days afterwards because you saw mm-hmm. a few people. 
The next year, we started getting these phone calls. Hey, y'all gonna have that picnic again? Exactly. What you talking about? We had totally forgot all about it. We hadn't planned anything. We weren't doing anything. Right, right. Hey, I guess we having a picnic, (laughs) y'all. And we went to the side of the museum again. This time it was about 150 people mm-hmm. that came throughout the day. We got put on notice because the first one, like say 50, you can stay under the radar with 50. Right, right, right. 150, right. now you yeah, got the museum security coming out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got the university people coming out. Pay them off with a few ribs. Though. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The main thing they saw, Kev, man, they're not trying to hurt nobody. They just right. can't have fun. Yeah. We did have probably six Chicago policemen that grew up with us: Billy Hill, Breen, Paul Gregoire. You know, mm-hmm. we had some, we had some clout. Okay, mm-hmm. right, yeah. right. We were sitting there, and the museum people they complained. Their biggest issue was their employees having a place to park. And the, mm-hmm. as that long as their parking. employees had a place to park, the music wasn't bothering them. Right. You know, the crowds bothered them because those people were trying to find places to park. And park. Mm-hmm. Other than that, if once we kind of got that over that little hurdle, we never had any issue. They never kicked us out, you know. 150 people, and we're sitting there like, hey, man, this is crazy. <laughs> From now, that you, point, guys, you guys called it the old school picnic at that point. It was... When you first started, I remember those first couple flyers. I wasn't, I was, I did come to 91, 92 with one of the first few because I was not living in Chicago when you started. But I remember my friend Aisha called me and you're like, she's like, well, you know, they, they're doing this like old school party. The, the reunion. And, and, or reunion. something like that. That's what yeah. it was, a reunion. Reunion. Old school but it, reunion. Yeah, but it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a reunion. Didn't we just see each other a few years ago? Like any kind of soon, <laughs> like a reunion, like, you know, what are we talking? <laughs> I just saw those guys. What are you talking about? <laughs> Every year, we it was more people that heard about it the first year that didn't hear about it afterwards. So every year, and even to this day, mm-hmm. it's still people that have never attended. We get someone new every year. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah. Now, so I, I was a math minor in in college, and they call this one of those logarithmic curves. This exponential <laughs> curve. This thing has grown so incredibly um, well in a way that, you know, everyone always marvels at the fact that it is um, a unifying, peaceful Mm -hmm. event centered, right, on this music that we all know and love. And, and, you know, there's a little bit of personality involved, too. Right, right. Well, it comes with the territory, you know. (laughs) And and the artists. Yeah, that um, comes with the territory. But yeah, that's, I mean, we never, everybody always asks, well, you know, this, how did y'all do, what did y'all do this? You got to remember back in that days, there was no social media. Right. Okay. So, 80% so. of the people we, that we received from all this was all word of mouth. Yeah. Right. Our and friend, kind of like Lori's party, okay? <laughs> 15 <laughs> people ended up for 100, okay? That's how I was telling people word of uh-huh. mouth. And then when you have an event like that, that you got good feet, good people, good friends, no mischief. Okay, you, know, you got to know, realize that goes a long way in the city of Chicago. Okay, people won't go out because they're afraid to get caught up in something. Okay, 
And we can honestly say 29 years, you know, we have been drama free. We tried to maintain enough security where if something did happen, we always prepare. If something yeah. did happen, it's minimal. Squash, come back. I mean, don't even let this affect your next time trying to come back. Okay? Yeah. And so far, we've we've been able to handle that. And I just want to remind everyone tuned in tonight that we're also privileged to have an exclusive sneak peek at, or a sneak listen to uh, DJ Tony Hatchett's 30-year tribute uh, mix of chosen, the 30 years of the chosen few, but it's stringing along music from all three decades. So take a listen. I'm sure it's coming to all of you soon, maybe sooner than July, but it's gonna be put up on the podcast. Yes, it will be available for those to download. For sure. yes. So again, for listening to the Vintage House Show, these are the kinds of benefits you get, right? You get to hear <laughs> it. Tell here. your friends to listen. Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> um, download the podcast. But we're not finished with Tony yet, because we want to know, Tony, um, if you're going to, uh, you know, we understand all of the circumstances going on now, but are you going to join your chosen few brothers um, here in Chicago for the virtual event, or are you going to uh, be in Texas for it? No. So what our goal is, and we're, like I say, it's kind of in the final stages, I mean, in the working stages, we think we can pull this off, though. But we want everyone to be in a same central location. So okay. we're going to pick a spot, a best available spot for us to do this in Chicago. Excellent. We all will be together. Great. And all we ask is that you, the viewing audience, you put yourself in a situation where it's your surroundings. We want you outside on your deck, in your backyard. We want you to feel what we would have brought you if you were in our backyard Yes. on Chosen Few DJ Way, okay, at the mm -hmm. Jackson Park, but at your home. So we're going to bring you this music. We're working on even artists performing as well. Excellent. Okay. Uh, again, we want it to be as close to the picnic as possible without being able to have them touch the people and give the hugs and stuff like that. We know that's a big part of what we, uh, being out there, like you it's say, the it's reunion piece the reunion as well. Room. Exactly. Yeah. But we got to stay safe during these mm -hmm. times and make sure that we have those back for 35 years anniversary, our 40 years. Hopefully we all can be together during these times. You know, we got to look ahead when it comes to these things. Can, can you share, and, and I appreciate that. Uh-oh. Is it just me or is it Kevin freezing up? Uh, there back. you go. I'm sorry. Say that again, Kev. It crawls up a little bit. Uh, a little altruistic, a lot mm -hmm. of altruistic, right? And caring about others as we journey through this pandemic. Yes. Um, but this show uh, gives us an opportunity to reflect on, you know, some nostalgia. So can you also talk about what it's like backstage at the Chosen Few Festival? <laughs> it's usually chaotic back there, but share a little bit about your experiences. It used to be uh, chaotic, 
Um, no matter how much security we have on the stage, and Lori can attend to this with her time playing, there mm -hmm. were mad people trying to get up to see her because, first of all, they don't get to see her as often, okay? Mm -hmm. And when she comes out and plays, she has a following as well. So you have people that want to get their way on stage and feel that no matter what, they should be able to come on stage to see their favorite DJ. Of course. Okay. Right. <laughs> of artists. But the people that don't realize is we have artists back there that we have to protect the artists as well. Okay. And if it gets to a point where the artists feel that they're not secure, guess what? They're not going to perform. That's okay? right. So we have to look out for them when it comes to things like that. As far as, for the most part, though, it's a, kind of a smooth sailing situation, especially early. Now, once everybody's gotten there and had a few drinks under their belt, <laughs> the food in their tummies, you know, then, yeah, that it could get a little chaotic there. Uh, in our area, you know, all our families are there. Mm -hmm. um, all of our personal belongings are there. So we kind of have to secure those areas when it comes to things like that. As far as getting back there, most people with your friends and family pass, you can actually get to the back area. You mm -hmm. just can't get onto the stage. Okay. Mm -hmm. Coming in back to the area and the back area uh, down below the stage, basically, that's a who's who of the reunion back there. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. You got people that don't get, they don't really actually want to go on stage. They just want to say hi to your family, hi to you, what's going on, stuff Absolutely. like that, you know. Yeah. But the most part, it's, it could be back in the early days where we didn't have to worry about that stuff, mm -hmm. you know, where we right. almost never had a stage, okay? It was no problem. <laughs> Once we actually created, I mean, had to create that because we had to make sure that we, we wanted to see, to make sure that the people understood that we're doing what we can to make this a better event for you all. Mm -hmm. A lot of the things that we've done, we've gone out to other shows, other venues, other uh, festivals to see how they doing things to try to come back and see what that worked for us. Lollapalooza, I think you guys did it. Yep. A stint uh, there. And, and the raising of our of our VIP stage, everybody thought that was an awesome idea. We got that from venturing out into other venues. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. We are constantly trying to mm -hmm. make this a better event. We didn't ask for all of this. People are, again, how I was telling the story, we started doing this again because the people kept asking for it. You know, yeah. you have a lot of people that don't like how big it's got. Those that were there in the 50 and 75, 175 people, you know, they yeah. don't like how big it's got. Yeah, but you got to look at that's not something we asked for. Again, we weren't even thinking about doing it. Yeah. But, and you know what? You can go to other 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 folks have emulated this. Mm -hmm. You know, when you were doing that in, in 1990, you couldn't find like a house music party in a park somewhere right. that easily. Right. So. But now in the in the summer you're going to have one every weekend, you know. So you can have your free event. Exactly. That's fifty people happening somewhere. Yeah, you're right. Here in Chicago and now across the nation, uh, you know, I think you talked Absolutely. about. Uh, I don't know if there was something you were describing in Texas that happens, but certainly a lot of spots on the East Coast in Atlanta. Yeah. The tambor cruise. Uh, worldwide worldwide events now, exactly. Yeah. So, and some of those, most of those are not 35, 40,000, 50,000 people. You know, you no. can go to, there are still 200 to 300 <laughs> people events that are going on, you know. Um, I understand some people don't like the commercialization of the mm -hmm. event, 
again, if we didn't take it to that level, some people wouldn't like that either. Right. Why don't we do this? You know, we're going to hear it from both sides. I just wanted to um, give a shout out to the Chosen Few DJs, uh, particularly last year. Uh, very good. It's, it's him. It's him. We're in the media tent and got some. Yeah, there's there's Wi-Fi issues, so I yes. apologize. Um, no worries. We had the Vintage House show uh, broadcasting, not live, but capturing some great content with um, the people that you inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, I think it was Arliss Ball, Linda Red. We had Been many of them. day one. Yep. And so Been many of the up. artists came yeah. by and talked to us after. Um, it was a great uh, one of the best organized media experiences we've had, and, and we're certainly looking to uh, find ways to plug into the virtual uh, event this year. We'll definitely work on that. I mean, after 29 years, we got to keep getting, we should be getting better and better at these things, you know. If you had to go through anything in the past, we hope that was all worked out now. Uh, we certainly feel that, you know, we've grown, we've accommodated the media, anybody that necessarily needs it, you know, we we felt we've done a better job when it comes mm -hmm. to stuff like that. Um, I definitely, you know, we don't want to shun the media when it comes to anything, you know, especially covering the event. Okay. Uh, we understand that that plays a big part. You know, a lot of us whether, would rather spend our time getting the event going, making sure the event is mm -hmm. happening, stuff like that, than the talking to the media when it comes to stuff like that. But we want them to be just as happy as everybody else. And when it comes to that, we have to let them know what we're doing and how we're doing it and making sure that they're taken care of. Yeah, the team has been uh, definitely great, Leah. And, and Good people, and yes. Everyone has been excellent in um, providing that access and that support. And so... Yes. Uh, you obviously want people to participate Correct. in uh, the upcoming 30th anniversary. Yes. What, it, what are some things that they can do in anticipation of getting ready besides listening to you um, <laughs> share insights tonight, listening to your 30th anniversary tribute mix? So what we are planning, this is some of the things that we're trying to do for the virtue. Now, we haven't decided if we're not going to make this just a 29 and a half year event by <laughs> oh, that's I like that that's clever right and then do a virtual <laughs> i mean a real 30 year anniversary next year because technically we're not together but you know that's we're just going to call this a virtual part okay all right <laughs> with a few tens of thousands of our friends yeah. let's just say <laughs> okay but we want for the virtual event, and like I say, we are not asking for any, you know, collecting any money, but we are asking for donations. And within these donations, like I say, we are enlisting, enlisting some artists that we would like to try to perform as well, okay? And the uh, money that we do raise is going to go to some relief funds with, for the corona, people that have suffered during these corona times. We're kind of not clear about where is, uh, what charity or who we're actually going to give it to at this time, but that's where it's, uh, most of the funds are. Excellent. Excellent. Um, again, we're trying to make it an eight hour event, at least eight hours, okay? Um, all your chosen few DJs. Again, the main thing is, we want the people to participate inside your bag. We want you at your barbecue 
just virtually there, not at Jackson Park. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you want to go and take a picture of the chosen few way sign and put it up on your, your dashboard, or put it up somewhere over your picnic area, that's fine too. But we want to bring you the closest experience we can to being in Jackson. Mm -hmm. That's the goal. Very good. What else can we expect from you, Tony Hatchett, in the upcoming future here? One of my goals, I've been working with Terry a little bit, trying to pick his brain and pull. Terry's one of the busiest producers in the business. Oh, no, he is. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I told him before I retire from DJing, (laughs) I don't know if you ever really retire from DJing, but before I hang up my headphones, okay, (laughs) I am, my goal is to produce a record. I want to make a track. Lauren, I don't, we didn't hear you. What was your question? No, I was just saying that's really interesting that you, you're thinking about retiring. At least it's in your head somewhere that there could be a retirement at some point. Not anytime yeah. soon, I'm assuming, but it's something you're thinking about. If I still have love for this music, I won't yeah. keep playing this music. That's why I say I don't think you ever really retire from I, I think you can. I, I think it's like, you know, you retire from a job, right? Yeah. Right. A job that you got to show up to that exactly. you put in hours in. Pension. You don't tire from your artistic expression. You don't. It's who you are. So mm-hmm. maybe, you know, you stop making money from it. It doesn't mean that. You're going to you give know. it up totally. <laughs> well, it doesn't right. mean that you, it, you, you divest yourself of it. You don't it's love still it. in you. That you don't love Listen, it. You know? yeah. Listen to that wisdom from my co-host <laughs> and colleague. <laughs> yeah, you got a good crew, Kevin. You got a great crew. The vintage house crew. Well, they adopted me. They they gave me a. That's right. A month. And we all we got a good crew. We got Kevin. We brought Kevin in because he was like, we like we need the philosophical of uh, Kevin to follow. Virtual hugs. I thought we were just getting Lori. the business. I thought we were just yes. getting business, and we got philosophical. That was interesting. <laughs> that was a turn. Tony, you were saying. Sorry, <laughs> he's been there from day one. He before we got on, he was talking about a tape that I gave him, a mix that I gave him that he took the great America of doing our proms. Okay, that's what's up. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because we couldn't end the show without telling that story that Tony and I double dated on, um, I think it was Seton's prom. Oh, my That's right. Right? You guys double dated? And we went after the prom the next day to Great America. Yeah. All right. And we took a tape in the car, and I'm like, man, Tony, you know, that tape was hot, brother. Yes. Uh, And Tony's like, man, Kevin... You're cool, brother. Here, just you can have this tape. And from that tape, I got to tell you, Tony, I'm sure I've emulated a few of your mixes <laughs> because I was one of those guys that trolled you when you were spinning at Sours, and at the Loft, at the High Park Racket Club. That's and, right. So um, it's all part of the business. It's so, all part. We of all it. troll each other. That's the way exactly. it works. Okay. Hey, and Tony, uh, we have a couple folks who've been chiming in. Big ups to Rocky Floyd and Thomas Fan, Jackie Graves. Um, Mark Artist was asking us about, you know, how many subs and speakers does it take for the setup? How long does it take to set up for the chosen oh, few wow. picnic? I know that's we a big question. We start setting up Nico? at about three o'clock Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And it's not officially done until Saturday morning. Okay. And somebody's standing out there all night watching that stuff, I imagine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So is it oh, just yeah. Dwayne? Security is actually there from Thursday on. Right. <laughs> okay. 
Is it just wow. is it just Dwayne who's doing your setup? Is is Dwayne doing all the sound yes, now? Yes, Dwayne would. Yes. Who's done yes. it? Has he has he done it over the years, or have there been others? He's that always he's been? always. Uh oh, we lost Tony. Stage. Greg okay. used to say that Back in the day, yeah, we yeah, were just yeah. throwing stuff together, right. putting them on two garbage cans. Okay, <laughs> our first sound system was on two garbage cans and a little coffin, as we called it. Okay? That's right. So, hey, I just got a text, Eric Knight. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Eric Knight. In- the mic now. My you. sister oh. just texted me, Eric Knight. Your yeah. sister. Yes. Oh, very good. Tell it. Yes. Hard to. I want to talk to her oh. sister. She's probably got some yes. artifacts we need. <laughs> well, we're going to do a family affair, the hatchets on Vintage House. Yes. Um, yeah, when are we doing that? Looking forward to it. Got to do that soon. Um, but that, as we approach the um, 1030 hour here in Central Time Zone, I got to make sure I ask you the philosophical question of the night. And it has to do a little bit with um, something you discussed earlier in the show around, you know, the move from analog to digital. And so philosophically, from your perspective, there is no right or wrong answer, of course, on Philosophical Gurus edition of Vintage House. But think about this, as technology has continued to um, emerge and take over our lives, do you feel we are happier or have has technology come to suck some of our happiness and joy away? What do you think? I, I think some people make a little too much of the difference between the two, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't have a problem with a DJ just coming on board, mm-hmm. taking advantage of the technology that's before them today. I mm-hmm. never, I will never knock that. Use it. Use it to your advantage. Master it, okay? Mm-hmm. But don't forget how all of that created. That's just like on a bus, forgetting how we decide, how we decided to jump to jump into this thing called DJ and then out music, okay? Mm-hmm. I will never forget what I learned from not just Jesse, not just Wayne, not just Terry, not just Kirk, okay? Frankie, everybody who I went to hear, see, listen to, you name it, okay? They all are part of what I am today. Mm -hmm. And I hope that I can inspire someone the same way, okay? As far as using the, the tools given, I don't see a problem with you taking advantage of the digital way of doing things. But... Mm -hmm. If you want to master your craft, go back to the way this stuff actually started as well. Mm-hmm. Make sure you have some 1200s, okay? <laughs> Make sure you take advantage of how that is, how that was. Learn stuff, because you can actually master your craft or become better at your craft in going back to those mm-hmm. things and, and, and coming to, back and forth. To that advice that you give, Tony, just from Tony Hatchett's perspective, are you a happier DJ now than you were when you started or has has there been something lost i don't let a situation get to that where i've a loss of something okay if you constantly like what you do and enjoy what you do and keep what you're doing to a certain platform you you should never lose anything 
I kind of feel sad sometimes when I see and hear and read these stories that a lot of these DJs are, you know, focused on and how they present their situation. You know, I, I, it's just to me they they losing the focus on what they should be focused. Okay, do your stuff. Do you build your craft? Build your brand. Do who you are, and the rest is just gonna follow. You'll never, you don't know who's gonna be paying attention to you. Because the real good DJs that understand it, that have been in this thing for a long time, they see everything other DJs are doing. They may, you may not know it, but they see it. I, it's a DJ in Milwaukee. He reached out to me two years, uh, two years ago at the picnic, first picnic he came to. Okay, and I follow his Sunday show. He has a Sunday show every Sunday evening. Is that Hakeem? Yep. Hakeem, <laughs> yep, several. He's, that dude is dope as well. I follow his show every Sunday. I see it here, read, I mean, I listen to his show every Sunday. Okay. I'm trying to, I've been trying to get him on Vintage House. We're Great going to Humble thing. pays patronage to those that came before him. Wanted, wanted to pick my brain. That's all he really wanted to do at the picnic was pick my brain. Yep. About stuff. Mm-hmm. How did you do this? How did you come up with this? What made this? Stuff like that. True to the game. And you, you you just never know who's paying yes, attention sir. to what you're doing. I guarantee yeah. you, people are listening. Yeah. Okay. Definitely listen. Well, we're um, running out of time on our conference here. <laughs> uh, that is one of the limitations of technology, right? Yeah. Gotta yes. love it. Gotta meet it. Box you in. I felt <laughs> like I was right there in the studio with all y'all. Man. Yes. Virtual hugs. Fire you have you know for since all that time back in the day, and uh, looking forward to the future. Definitely. Uh, on behalf of the Vintage House crew, your main man Mega, Lauren. Thank y'all. Thank y'all very much for having me, and it was good seeing all of you all. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. Hey, we love you. Love y'all too. Thank you. Y'all stay safe. Stay safe out here. Yeah, you do the same. Yeah, we'll see you guys when I come in July. Yes. Look forward to it, Tony. Thank you. All right. All right. Thanks again for tonight's show. Listen to Vintage House on Wednesdays at 10 p.m. on WNUR 89.3 FM, WNUR.org, Facebook Live, and VintageHouseShow.com. Finders Plus Real Estate is a proud sponsor of Vintage House. Finders Plus, real estate advisors for professionals. Visit us at findersplus.com. Vintage Vintage House.